Our first reading for this afternoon is from the fourth chapter of 2 Kings. One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there, and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him, and he said to him, Say now to her, See, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the, to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, At this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son about that time the following spring, as Elisha had said to her. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to this, his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the fifth chapter of Ephesians. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but be filled with the Spirit, 
addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments. What is the Sixth Commandment? You shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today in the Sixth Commandment, we're talking not just about adultery, but also about marriage, that great gift from God that allows a man and woman to come together in a sexual union and not commit adultery. Nowadays, and it always has been throughout history, but this, this gift of marriage is besieged in many different ways in our own society. You see this with homosexual marriage, uh, transgenderism, infiltrating marriage, and just even sexuality. But even aside from those that are blatantly outright in the scriptures and ones that Christians are not to practice, even, even within the church, we struggle and wrestle with people who commit adultery many of them living together, taking for themselves what hasn't been given to them yet, which is sexual union, which is reserved in marriage. And even aside from these issues of the day, which have always been around throughout history, there's always challenges that pop up in marriages. Different abuse that can happen in marriage between husband and wife, and sometimes between a wife against her husband. We also have many instances, of course, of divorce, which no one ever seeks when going into a marriage, and it's never pleasant, and it's always crushing. These are the, the sad effects of the fall into sin that we have seen 
ever since Adam and Eve. And it will always be this way in the world. But in the scriptures, we're told of what true Christian marriage looks like. And Paul spoke about this in Ephesians when he spoke about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. And this is a picture of what a a truly wonderful marriage can look like in which both a husband and wife sacrifice themselves in some way or shape or form on behalf of their spouse. And and Paul then talked more about this in, in Ephesians. And it's very interesting because he, he is talking about marriage. He's talking about a husband and a wife. But then he also says he's talking about Christ and Christ and his church. And, and, and that what we see in a marriage, we can also see in the church. And that a marriage, human marriage between a husband and wife, we actually learn the, the beauty and the perfection of what that looks like by looking at Christ and his bride, the church, which is us. This is what Paul said today. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And we see this every time in worship when we look at the cross. And Paul continued. He did this that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And that's the beautiful picture we see in the church of Christ, our groom, and we, the bride, the church, and what he did for us, sacrificing his own life to make all of us clean and holy. We, his bride in the church. And then Paul goes on further, and he quotes from Genesis that says this, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's the quote from Genesis. But then Paul kind of flips it on its head, and he says this, This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Meaning that all the way back in Genesis, when God instituted marriage, He had something even greater in mind. That the true picture of marriage and what that looks like is not Adam and Eve, but Christ and his church and what he has done for us. That is the true ending of marriage. That's where you find its fulfillment. That's where you see its perfection. Not in a human marriage, but in what Christ has done for us. Paul wrote about this further in Romans 6 when he was talking about what happens in baptism. And when he talks about it, he talks about it as if through baptism, we are united to Christ and become one. Just as in Genesis, it says the two shall become one flesh in marriage, a man and a woman. Paul says that when we are baptized into Christ, it is a marriage us and Christ becoming one, united. And this is what Paul said in Romans 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Everything that Christ did for us on the cross, everything that Christ did for us in his resurrection is given to us. And not just given like a present, here you go. Paul uses the word united, that baptism unites you to Jesus in his death on the cross. And baptism unites you to Jesus in what he did in his resurrection. So that everything that he did on the cross really is yours. Your sins are dead. And that everything he did for us in his resurrection from the dead really is yours because you're one flesh with him. You've been united to him. Married to him, if you will. It's really amazing the language Paul uses. And that I I pray for all of us when we think of human marriage between a man and a woman. We would realize the perfection of that is never going to be seen in a perfect marriage between a man and a woman. But ultimately, the perfect marriage is what you see right up here. And what Christ did for every single one of us on the cross and in his resurrection. And how we have been married to him, united to him. One flesh, if you will, through baptism, through his word, through his sacraments. He still comes to us, right? That's who we are as Christians. And that, that beauty of it, that sacrifice, can be mirrored and reflected in our own marriages. Husband to wife and wife to husband. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.